come and eat this chocolate pasty. <laughs> it's always weird when English people call the, call things pasties. Like they just hate they hate yeah. they ha- they hate ours, uh, but they love yous. That's that's the deal. Mm. That's the deal with England. They're adding yous. Aww. They're adding yous they to shit. Me? Yeah, <laughs> they love yous. See what they what they hate is ass. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The damn English. This is a very English movie. I mean, despite you know the American <laughs> accents. I didn't. Yeah. Well, it was like they did it in like Germany, yeah, right? Munich. Is that in my cr- mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's what you call me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you bitch Germany. Um, I do like that he's. he's <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a nerd. But I was watching a documentary about this, and he's like, you know, if unless you're very clever, you can't really tell that it's Germany. And you like scroll over, it's like an ancient, you know what I mean, like a village, yeah. like a medieval times yeah. village. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty much Germany. When they shoot through the ceiling, and you get like a yeah, <laughs> a entirely clear view of the town that they did it in. Our town looks so yeah. beautiful from here. Just, I was clocking it. I mean, Western. it's funny, like I, I, watching it with any new eyes. I was like, oh, they're they're doing that on purpose, right? Like it's meant to be. Like, it, where is this? Right? Like, is this because especially since it jumps around, and every time it was like. Right here in America, it could be, and I was like, is this supposed right. to be? Is this set in America, or is he just? <laughs> watching an american broadcast yeah i do think that that's that was very much the intention to just kind of be like it, it could be anywhere it's just like a fantasy land he's I, in that's, that's, he's in new york city right it's little germany yeah. <laughs> that part of new york city yeah um i guess we should we should intro the show Welcome to Reasonable nah, Beef. Who, uh, my my name's Tim. I'm here with my with my co-host. It's me, Dom. It's been f- Dominic. It's been 50, 50 long years of Wonka Nation. We've been walking <laughs> for five decades as of this year. Um, yeah. Fifty years old. We're covering uh, classic film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, which is the you know the Cars the Cars parody version. Obviously, the poster that would be in the background of a Cars movie is back. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. Um, so yeah, this is- I was gonna go more Wong card or like okay, Wong card very um, Wong card very hard. Um, we so Wong stoppers. I don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> Listen, comedy's a it's a it's a moving process. Um, so yeah, I I think that I guess what we could go back to everybody's seen this movie, um, and this is a this is a fresh eyes viewing, um, and I, I kind of went into the background on this as to the production as to why everybody has seen this movie, and it's pretty much what I thought it was. Which is the same reason why everybody's yeah. seen Alice in Wonderland, in that they showed it on television a fucking lot in the seventies. Right. Yep. Isn't it funny how that happened? I, I think it's it's there's pretty. A, there's a lot of those that snuck past that way. This was one. Okay, so I, I had this. It, it it came out in 1971. Um, I think had a television airing in '74. That year had a theatrical re-release, then another airing in 75, then another airing in 76, and then like a VHS was like an early VHS release. This is one of these things where like, um, it's kind of a funny place to start the the conversation off the top, but this is one of these reasons why film preservation um, and like who's controlling, you know, what IP, like why, why this stuff matters and like why maybe having, you know, three companies that have a huge and like massive bank of, of intellectual property is not 
the best thing for the actual like movies and, How and do stuff you mean themselves in tandem to this because i'm thinking about the way that this one was shown obviously a lot of love and was pushed forward a lot and like brought into the into the public sphere so like this was obviously a beloved movie that they didn't let fade into the background um which could have happened mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff because like as i'm really watching this i'm thinking about like this is kind of like a tv movie like in in production um in like even in the set design like the set design is super cool and and really really like absolutely mind-blowingly like thoughtful and imaginative but i know that off the top i think this movie only had like a five million dollar budget or something which is like i, I guess pretty I small for the time three i don't i don't know what three million means in 70s money yeah i, 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 I think I, it was like a hundred million dollars i do think it's it's on the it's on the low end because like the whole the whole th- story behind the production of this is how like slapdash and like they 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 so they they, the book was written in like the 60s and uh the director's daughter had watched the had read the book went dad you should do this and he took it to a producer the producer uh found raw doll and then ended up he ended up co-writing the screenplay of the movie um wow so it's this is all it could it's all connected back to uh like the original author and like i don't know this is this is a very interesting piece because like this still happens right like where where an author will mm. um I'm gonna write re- their own thing. I'm gonna reset this guy. Yeah. Uh, write their movie, like perks of being a wallflower. <laughs> did he write that one? Yeah, I think so. That's in my head. I I, I believe that that's that's the case. <laughs> but, but I, that, I, like I it feels like a weird thing. Like why would I just like if I if that's not true, I have no clue why that would be in my right. head. <laughs> like, it's a weird thing to make up. It's not like I read the book. Yeah, just like a just like a weird one. <laughs> oh yeah, like Blue Crush. Just like pulling a movie like way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, no. actually, I guess the opposite you know kind of happens more I, often now. Like I, the the writer very rarely gets to write the movie just because I guess the business is just such a different beast. Like if you write a novel, maybe you aren't a screenwriter anymore. I don't even know. I don't. I don't even. Want I feel like I don't know how true this is, but an impression I've gotten from like look reading, like uh, you know, making of different movies and stuff. It seems like the lines were a little blurrier back then. I think perhaps for sheer, uh, well, how would I say this? Like there just weren't as many people doing it. So I think when you were a novelist who was very popular and you wrote fun books they were more likely to be like yay write this write this movie right write this television show and now there's enough of everyone doing everything that it's like it's it's it would be i find it weirder now like you know when jk rowling wrote those fantastic beast movies it was like weird yes you're like i don't know if uh the, how's that gonna go and yeah, i guess well. that, that like that's that's very true it's just like it's very funny that the making of movies is just so is so different now, and like it's it's very um, I don't want to say factionalized, but it, at least like everybody's kind of got their role in a more specific firm sense, I guess. Just like on a, on, a, on a major production, that seems to be the case. It's, it's just it, more it's people. A, right. Again, it it's exactly what you're saying. Right, just like it, yeah, less less dudes were what kicking. I, like you know, you have Harlan Ellison writing sci-fi and also writing Star Trek episodes. And and now mm. in like 2010, it's like, oh my god, can you believe he was doing it at the same time? But it's like at the time, it's like, right. yeah, this is all bullshit sci-fi that only nerds care about. Of course, I guess like Neil Gaiman. So like likewise, like writes, this is just a, uh, yeah, yeah. Neil Gaiman is a good, Neil Gaiman's a good uh, a good example. But I was just gonna say that this is kind of the same sphere where it's just like, oh, it's just like a bullshit kids movie that no one cares about, and Roald Dahl's a bullshit kids author that no one cares about. So of course he's gonna write a, a screen a screenwrite this movie. That, but like you know, now in 2010, I guess, I guess he's obviously then, a massive legend. Yeah. 
Right, I guess then it would be a different story. So he famously was upset about this movie as well. He didn't like it. Um, which is funny how many of these like like kids movies that are based on a kid's book and and how many of like I, I mean I'm thinking of Mary Poppins is the other one where yeah. they're like, You put music in my, <laughs> in my story about the wonderment of childhood. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean I get it. It's like uh, but I find I find that's such a thing that is such a thing of the past. And I think rightfully so, but the 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 pure novelist, or especially when it's in relation to like kids stuff, quote unquote, or like things that are skewed younger. Right. I feel like there's this we've we've moved on from like them those people also like chain smoking and drinking whiskey and being like hardcore novelists. They're like childhood is pain, and I must express that through this <laughs> chocolate factory. Like right, that that's kind of not a thing anymore. So I understand that that's like you know. I feel like it's it's more it's more prevalent now, or at least you know more stories about like people's whose you know adult novels were adapted into books, or a comic yeah. book was adapted and it was weird and I, people don't like it. That's a good and video I, games, you know. I think that's a, that's a very good point that that you made of like um, I do think that there is a loss of darkness in kids stuff in modern times. We we talk about it a lot. Um, the the scene that people cite in this is is the the boat scene you know the very famous like traveling. it is scary yeah it's, it's a I mean, crazy there's literally, scene there's a scene or there's a, a footage of a chicken getting its head cut off in the background like violently <laughs> <Yeah>. dying <laughs> it's just crazy yeah but it's just like I, it makes much more sense like when you think about the author being like you know pretty much beaten all throughout the 30s and 40s and then like as they mature into their 50s right. or into the 50s they're like okay now here's the, here's the, what the world's all about you know what i mean it's just like yeah every book is the filter <laughs> through which somebody right. has you know perceived the world and, and it's like their own fucked up bullshit does leak into it um, yeah. every child is dirty and smoking cigars right okay and, <laughs> and it's time for the world just to know that we've all been there why is this guy uh, this is this is kind of a funny one because i do want to do bits i do it a riff but this is one of these films much like star wars where it's like every it's every single element of this has been explored okay yeah. grandpa joe why is he sitting in bed and you know he could get out at the at the last right. minute okay blah, blah, blah. that's great um but he needed hope just like charlie tim but he didn't have any hope it's very true uh, or or you know okay a, i guess i guess getting a job was not a uh, supporting his family was not not a, a big enough yeah it wasn't impetus. reason enough uh but but they all know, do like but i did want to cite that all of the bedridden sorry. grandparents do look like they could have been just like up and doing uh, shit well this is the 70s so they're all 46 years old right like all all, <laughs> all of those actors are in like their their late 40s early 50s nah, maybe. they had to be old uh, they had to be older no, uh, that's that's not the way it's cute but i did want to say that the the actual comedy bits like the first 30 minutes of the movie before they're even in yeah. the, the chocolate factory where they have these funny little interstitials like yeah. the, it really really fun any funny in yeah, a way they that were I making me about. laugh yeah. dude I don't think because I think you just I haven't seen this certainly I haven't watched I've probably watched a clip of Willy Wonka in my adult years but like I haven't sat and watched this movie since I was a true child and I was also this was one of those spooky ones where as I was watching it I realized how many times I have seen it you know what I mean where I'm like whoa this is in there man I knew right. I, I, like basically every new room they went into in the chocolate factory I was like how many times have I seen this fucking movie that I like <laughs> that this is like I, I'm it's tangible I can smell 
the cou- the couch in my basement. I can smell, I can I smell 10, the cat you know I mean? I can right on top. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, this the set design is definitely a big key element as to why this is so parked into like almost every every single place that they go is is incredibly thoughtfully designed in a practical <laughs> way. I, yeah, I imagine I I really appreciate the the confidence of like set movies in the seventies. I'm gonna say seventies, eighties, eighties. I can I can think of some moments where they just um they weren't too concerned about the sound of the rooms that they were in or that like the sets were clearly just like hollow wood right? and they would just not put music or anything underneath it or add more stuff. And you just hear them like, do you know what I'm talking about? It's a very like no, a, a very particular texture to like old movie sounds like that, where they're just like stepping through a door frame. And I'm like, that thing sounds like it is right. <laughs> like I mean, it's, I'm it in doesn't exist somehow. Yeah, any farther than the camera is pointing right now is how there's no more wall. Right, there. and you can like <laughs> you can hear it. It sounds like it. You hear like the. And wind. I always appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I, even like at the end when they get into the elevator, it's just friggin' silent and weird, and you just hear like the heavy breathing of the two grips on the other side of it pushing <laughs> the doors closed. They're just like. Once once again, the seventies. So like everyone's dying of hypertension at like thirty three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I agree. There's like there's there's the the fallout of the filmed play still in the nineteen seventies, where there's an element of it that's which is interesting. Film is developed, right? Like film as as a concept and art form is, is developing, but there's still an element that's like just filming fucking people in a room. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was like the uh, there were uh, the people who we look back and all the you know filmy boys who love all the you know the filmmakers who were doing it differently were the outliers and were you know it was still that for and it's weird to think like this is seventy one so it's like when I think when I look back on movies like that like anything that was like right on the cusp of a new decade I I it always goes through a different lens to me because I'm like wow that's basically a sixties movie yeah like and and. With 80s stuff, too. There's a lot of 80s ones that came out in the first couple years of the 80s. And I'm like, that's basically a late 70s movie. It's weird to think of it that way, but, like, that's when they were shooting it. I mean, maybe, kind of, right? (laughs) Well, some some people that are, like, maybe a little bit too too on miss the point of that phrase when you talk about early blanks, late, you know, blanks. Like, things that came out in 2001 came out in the late 90s. That's how, that's like, that is, I'm serious. Like that's, that's how that works. Where like things that came out in 2000 came out in the late nineties because for all intents and purposes, the cultural moment is still the same in 2001 as Mm -hmm. it was in 1999. Whereas I would say like 2003, 2006, that's the early 2000s. So we're like, you know, even though that's technically the mid 2000s, it's like, you know, I don't want to get like super weird or like micro about it or or maybe this isn't micro this is macro but like it is it is funny because like i think that that's true of any any group of like five or ten years no matter when you started or stopped that measurement so like i mean it's just it's no if you went from the fives of every decade and that was really where we started counting like the things in the middle would exist the same way that you know what i'm saying like the unit of measurement the distance is the same no matter what we've just arbitrarily picked like i think that's just the tenure there's there's a pace that pop culture changes and that's probably a steady pace right and it doesn't really matter what what decade you're technically yeah. in i think it's more of a it's the moving scale it's like how iron man used he at one point he was he fought in world war Two, and then it was vietnam and <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, or, or Mag- you know Magneto. Magneto is a uh, a Holocaust survivor, and it's like, dude, he'd be like right. 117 at this point. Yeah, like, he's like he's like sitting next to a newspaper that says 2021. Right. He's, he's, he's like, <laughs> like making, he's like making a TikTok in the com in the book in a comic book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, no, 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 no. In Genosha. But yeah, anyway, slide whatever. That was a yeah, that was a tangent. But, but, but I do think that you know that that is the fault of pop culture choosing to categorize things in decades like over the last you know i I guess that kind of started in in the 20s right like the roaring 20s but Mm. before that it was all like uh you you know it it was periods it was like named periods like there wasn't like the 1880s and the 1890s it was it was like turn of the century you know what i mean or 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 or, um i I don't know i I don't know too much about art movements but, uh, but whatever was immediately before that I want to get back to that. We need. Yeah, that. man, it would be that would be really cool to like the <laughs> like the new Renaissance. Yeah. Oh, I was. Oh, my son was born in the big in the biggie in in the, <laughs> the bright times. The, <laughs> I was gonna say like the thick sick. Right. <laughs> I don't know why the, I was like the, trying to find the them. thick six. That's a great <laughs> for like a nice period of six years where shit was just the stacked. Thick six. Yeah. Everyone was just yeah. fucking getting wide. <laughs> I said the thick. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it you believe I said the thick six. It's fine. <laughs> no, I know the thick sick. Um which is whenever I guess uh, that you call that for COVID. Like everybody was, that's what everybody I was, was just real trying sick, to yeah. do. Okay. <laughs> that's what I was really trying desperately to do. Um But yeah. yeah. I was funny when reading like reviews of this, because this is uh, this actually plays into kind of what we're talking about when you know the way that we in the back of our heads where, where we place certain movies. And I think Willy Wonka is this one that really gets placed as like a classic and it's old and it's unstoppable and it's craftsmanship. Like I, I, that's just for me, I guess the way we grew up with it, I really think of it as like, no, of course the inarguably incredibly made Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. And then like you kind of watch <laughs> it with the older eyes and you're like, Oh yeah, this, this was all thrown together. Like I, I can tell that like that, that, that thing was plaster. I can tell that the mushroom oh, was just plaster with paint on it. And you kind of got to appreciate that. Cause I mean, when you think about it in like the, the sense of that, it took actual human hands to make all of those things that look that way. And everything was painted very particularly, obviously it was crazy, but it was weird to read reviews of the time and hear a very, very like, uh, modern sounding language in the reviews of people, but like, first of all, blew my friggin' dome up. There's like a Roger Ebert review of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me for some reason. How, what was he fucking six? I don't. I He's don't probably like his late twenties. Well, whatever. Um, but he's like it, in the language of like like. You know, it, it's it's probably the best kids movie since The Wizard of Oz or whatever. Mm-hmm. And few things have done that. And it, and like people saying like you can tell that the like people saying, oh, the, the the chocolate factory, once you get in it, is disappointing because of all the lead up. Right. And it's just to us, like we, it was never, we, if we had the capacity as children to be disappointed by it, which we just didn't, we wouldn't have anyway, because that, the the imagery of Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory for our, for how old we were, like, it was, it was right. there. It is what we it had is. No, yeah. It was what it was. There was no confusion about it. So I always find movies like this fascinating with that, where you're like, Wow, someone watched this for the first time. I mean, like any new movie mm. that comes out where you're like, Oh, I don't know. You kind of talked about it so much that then I was like, it wasn't <laughs> as cool as how they were talking about it. Like people saying well, that yeah, about Willy yeah. Wonka's chocolate factory. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine somebody watching that now for the first time and going, like, yeah, look kind of fake. 
as if like <laughs> it is that is kind of an absurd thing but i do think that wizard of oz is the most apt comparison because it's it's exactly the same idea where it's like what's really the narrative here well first of all it's adapted from a from a children's novel i do think l frank Baum was involved in the screenwriting of that in some capacity i'm not sure but who the guy that wrote the the books the original books l frank Baum. um talking about for uh willy Won- uh, not willy wonka um uh oz the oz series oh yeah, yeah. i was like no, what no, is I, happening I, I know, in your I know, brain that I, Roald... Listen, I know Roald <laughs> McDald wrote the 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 Willy Wonka movies. Okay. Francis fa- McDowell. Famous, clown, famous burger clown Roald McDowell. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, good. But, but I do think that it's, it's the most apt comparison because, like, why are those movies effective? Well, it's not the fucking narrative. They're just moving forward on, on like, a road, which is pretty much the same thing that's happening here. So, and, and you also have, like, an elongated first aspect, which is kind of set in, like, the real world. Um, and mm-hmm. the reason why both are effective is because they're incredibly colorful and capture the imagination in a way that takes you to a place. Like, everything in here obviously is fake, um, but right. there's just something about it that captures your imagination and puts you there. And it's not because of the, the fidelity. Um, and I, I do think that that's like that's a lesson to learn for modern times. But the question is like, yes, of course it is. How? The, but how the fuck do you apply like like that kind of like unspoken uh, aspect that maybe two movies in all of history have that make them like so 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 intensely classic? It's you know what, man. It's 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 as simple as. But again, this is a weird one to talk about because it's it being made a classic is it's very possible that it is entirely inorganic. It's not like it isn't good, and it's not like it doesn't make you feel feelings. I suppose. And I think all of us, unfortunately, it's, it's, we're, it's almost, it's going to be impossible to untangle how uh, organic or, like, uh, in, inevitable this becoming a classic is, because even now, is. me watching it, even with whatever fresh eyes I have, it not being a favorite movie of mine doesn't really matter, because all the music is very evocative of, like, my childhood and just seeing clips of it and like the music makes us all feel things now because we've all heard it forever yeah and so it i think it's simply put though it if there's a if there's a lesson it's just it's the simplest thing that we always talk about where it's like if it's good it doesn't usually matter if uh the effects suck that's just a fact of right movies always or if the sets look weird or whatever if it's if it's cast in a spell or you're at the very least like captivated which i was i was very surprised because when we decided to put this on i did have a little bit of that like homework feeling of like am i really gonna sit and watch willy wonka in the chocolate factory like front to back truly sit and watch this movie and then like i think you had the same you're saying you had the same experience in the beginning of it where like it was so funny in the beginning and so right like i was very captured by the by the mania of the world and that everyone wanted one of these things i was like this is this is fun and it was making me feel feelings dude the beginning of that movie was making me like tear up over and over again well because just because he's so poor (laughs) yeah i was sad for him it made me it made me really sad because what's sad is that he's so he's still so nice (laughs) yeah Well, so that's what I was gonna, like. I think that a lot of times when I was a kid, I would be like, "Well, get get him, get him to the fucking chocolate factory already," because it is a while. It's a while before it's a long in time, there. like forty five minutes maybe. But it's I, it's about halfway through the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. just about halfway when they're dancing about getting the golden ticket. It's like halfway through the movie, right? Uh, well, first of all, how, how many of these songs are here to fucking pad the runtime? Um, 
I don't think that this is one of the greatest soundtracks, the most classic film soundtracks of all time. I think it's fine. I think there's, I think Cheer Up Charlie is an extremely forgettable song. I think I've Got a Golden Ticket is memorable in no small part because of that fucking Family Guy bit. No, no lie. I honestly think that, that he was writing it as like that was part of his childhood was that movie. Yeah. Seth MacFarlane or like, you know, when they wanted to do that bit, it was because that's how, that's the age they were. Right. And then we kind of got doubled down on like, this is a classic film. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, but it was really a yes. bunch of kids who used to watch NBC <laughs> in the seventies and eighties. Well, there's so much, that is, there's so much of that. I'm not going to drift off in a total family guy thing, but like when people talk about why the modern seasons aren't as good as those earlier seasons, and I guess it's a similar thing with Simpsons, but more so with family guy. So much of that show was so firmly couched in being like references to early 90s 80s and like 70s movies that like to kind of do that still in 2021 isn't for anybody like it's there's no boomer right, now they're audience. gonna just they right. just need to re-reference old family guy listen for, that I, would be I'm the a, same that's the same amount of time i, I fuck <laughs> i guess you're well they literally have done that first of all that was a great episode they go back to the pilot um and it's and they did that a while ago. It's a very funny. You know, when they travel the back in time. One or like yeah, Stewie yeah. Time travels? Stewie and Brian go back in 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 time, and they're like watching the family from the pilot, and they're like, "Huh, Meg sounds different." He goes, "Yeah, she sounds like an actress that's about to give up a very lucrative opportunity because they recast her <laughs> yeah, the next episode." Yeah, yeah. Very fucking funny. A uh, Family Guy deeply underrated. Anyway, uh, back to the point. Uh, how much of it is is? Oh, sorry. The bit that I wanted to reference was the psychologist, which really fucking made me laugh. It's like I'm, oh, I'm, having, I'm having visions yep. of, 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 you know, I'm, I'm having visions and people are saying things to me like, well, that's it's probably because you're, you know, that, that means, most likely means you're insane. Well, the archangel told me where to find a ticket. What did he say? <laughs> like that's such a <laughs> yeah, it was good very did funny. you read the thing about how there was a bunch of those bits that were written i don't i can't remember who who wrote them but there was some stuff that was shot where it was like a guy like climbing up a mountain and finding like a wise man and being like like um please tell me the meaning of life and he says i will but give me a wonka bar and he gives him a wonka bar and he opens it and there's no golden ticket and then he goes life is disappointment <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole bit where did apparently, you read that that's i was funny. just this was just on wikipedia i was just reading it it was apparently the i, I guess what was wrong with it was that <laughs> nobody was laughing i don't know if like 1971 was like a bummed out year or something but people just like weren't sure. laughing in the way that they thought they would when they wrote it and i don't remember who but someone gave the note of like you gotta understand for some people for most people, life is disappointment. They don't want to hear that in this movie about right. chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's very true. <laughs> there is like um, I I almost want to call the humor English, like in its in its wryness, where yeah. it's it's yes. it's now that's now crossed over to the 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 American uh, style of of you know funny jokes, but but you know it, it is very. Um, like even the teacher yeah. who's, who's being like an absurdly poor teacher in in a very uh, English television comedy in the early seventies style. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I, there, I've moved the stuff. tests that we usually take at the end of the week to the to the front of the week before we've learned it. But um, it's Tuesday, so, so that actually matter. doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> it's pretty good. Really it's funny a good joke, bit, dude. Yeah. Um, where, where else? What else do we want to touch? Oh yeah, apparently like. Raul, Raul, I was going to call him Raul McDonald. Uh, Raul Dahl wrote the the screenplay to this, you know, like famously didn't like the way they turned yeah. out because apparently they did a bunch of rewrites and um, mm-hmm. they brought some guy in to do the 
the touch-ups to it who added the slugworth character and added all of like the foppish bullshit that um Willy Wonka says, Willy Wonka says, which is like, like I can't, <laughs> because, I, mm, the tension's unbearable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope it lasts. This is, yeah, the suspense is unbearable. I hope it lasts. Well, that's all from, those are all like classic literary references. Like that's from the importance of being earnest. Um, mm. yeah, and you know, like we are the music makers, we are the dreamers of the dream, like, which is an incredibly funny thing to grab a little girl's face and then say to her. Um, <laughs> But like those are all like you know very highbrow literary references, and it, it makes me wonder yeah. like I don't know who 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 truly who the fuck who the fuck was that? I've for? never read. Have you ever read the book? I've never read one. I Walker. did. Yeah, I read the book. I read this one. I read the the and the follow up one. I don't think there is a third one. There might be. I just never got that far as mm. a kid. Um, Willy Wonka and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's very true. That's when it gets dark. Like all the all the colors are blue <laughs> instead right, of yeah. uh, instead of Chris Columbus style characters. Yeah. Um, what was the, there, there's another line from this that's like a very famous, there's a line from this that's a direct quote from the second book that they just lifted and brought into this one. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of what it was. Oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, a little nonsense now and then is wa- relished by the wisest man. That's like directly yeah, from the, I like the second that book. one. Yeah. But I, I love his little quotes, all of the things that he says. Uh, and I he's great. I mean, I didn't know that the, the candy's dandy, but liquor is quicker is like from this movie. Like that's why that's like a famous like a really famous what line. does that even mean like you know like I, I like sweets but i'd rather get drunk like i i'd like to eat and, ha- and you know have whatever but where he's oh, like you so got really a side business he's like well candy's dandy but liquor's he quicker likes to get soused <laughs> i guess i think it's more just like a like a wink and a nod to like like a man because he kind of does he kind of right. has that like playful like uh, man about town attitude like businessman about town right attitude with all of the uh the adult men on in the cast which i love um yeah. I guess let's talk about Gene Wilder. He's great. He's really great. And in a way where it's like, he's one of these dudes that I think is cited a lot as being one of the best ever. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Fucking boomer losers. Uh, but no, he actually is. He's very, very thoughtful yeah. in his performance. The the thing, you know, famously the thing. That where is a com- good way to say it. Thoughtful. The the thing where he comes out and does his little pratfall was his idea. Yeah. Um, you know, right. obviously introduced the concept of, is this guy, like, what the fuck? Is he trustworthy? Like, is he, is he being straightforward? Is he honest? And that is so, like, like you, you read about that story and it sounds like, okay, here's some bullshit acting and some, you know, Hollywood mm-hmm. douche is doing. Uh, but it's so effective. And it, it's like, oh yeah, that is why that's there. And it's like the whole time there is this, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's not malicious, but it, it is, uh. Like a little bit sinister, or like almost not even. What, what's something? What's something lighter than print sinister? What's pl- like playfully mean? I, I know, like an impish aspect mm, to him. Yeah, um, that I think yeah. I think is kind of a well. I I kind of lost in the in the the remake, but we could touch on that later. Um, tell me, tell me about Gene. I don't Wild. think I've ever seen that movie, dude. Really, the two thousand five one? I don't. I don't think so. And I, I mean, I Re- like plenty really of those fucking pieces. Ugly movie. Yeah, I mean, I think it was that hit at a weird moment for us because I think we were like fourteen or fifteen, yeah, I was like and 13. it was just sort of like, "I'm not gonna. When am I gonna go see right. this Willy Wonka movie?" <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it until a couple years later. Um, Every so often, though, through my head, like like beamed in from elsewhere, I will just go. Chewing gum is really gross. Chewing gum, I hate the most. <laughs> <laughs> it's just from those trailers. Is it from the for trailer? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god. There's so many. Uh, there, I I remember the ad campaign for that film being a lot of Johnny Depp going, oh, you know, just like clips of him yeah. just like being startled, right, uh, or shook. Which I look. I I don't want to under. We'll talk about that in a second. I want to talk about Gene Wilder. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Gonna steal you from your car. <laughs> I don't know what I don't remember. <laughs> I think the the amazing chocolatier, or the uh, amazing right. chocolate chocolate cheater. I, I misheard the line as. I think um, it's chocolatier. I think you're right. So here um, is here. So it, this is. I think that they bring a lot of Mel Brooks into this. I think just by virtue of you know Gene Wilder is associated with him Mel being Brooks. There, <laughs> but it, <laughs> you gotta do it like this. Um, <laughs> I meant Gene. I meant like by virtue of Gene Wilder being there, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I said there's a lot of Mel Brooks here, and I, because I, I was kind of reading about the way that his career came about. Gene Wilder, who's a classically trained actor, um, Stanislavski mm. method kind of guy, as far as I understand, did a bunch of like theater. God bless act- you. Like, uh, Stanislavski. Stanislavski, <laughs> the amazing chocolatier. Um, <laughs> uh, so it did a, did a bunch of stage acting and then, you know, basically scored a role in the uh, the producers, which didn't happen for like another three years, right? So this is a guy who's just like, I, I guess, mm. kicking around England, like the UK doing actual, doing like real theater and, and going back between New York. Um, and I think that his comic sensibility is very influenced by Brooks. I can't tell which, ha- which happened either way. I don't know enough about Mel Brooks to know, but like there is an absolute element of like, like an inextricable quality that I can't uh, separate from you know Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder that's that exists in this movie that I think is the comedic heart of the whole thing. Um, yeah, because even if the lines aren't it's funny, a, his deliveries of them are. It's the flatness. Yeah, it's all very. I think he's he does he does a thing that is extremely. It can never be valued enough. I'm not even going to say that it's undervalued or underappreciated. That'd be psychotic to say about someone who people love so deeply but watching this i was like it it almost made me sad for a lot of things that try to capture this kind of character specifically and it's such a weird thing to say it's like i don't really have like an allegiance to this willy wonka movie but watching it objectively i was like he's just doing a good job and it's this it's this quality that like he isn't putting it on it doesn't feel like i i think that a certain you know this is one of those like bow down to casting, bow down to whoever's idea it was to start the conversation. And then whoever's idea it was to say yes to him being in it. Cause like, I think that's one of those things where some people have the exact inherent quality in who they are as a person. And I think this is true of Gene Wilder when you watch him like talk normally, where you can just tell like, he's got the wink, he's got the twinkle in his eye just as a person. So when he's doing this Willy Wonka stuff and talking about all his crazy inventions and like, he kind of knows something you don't and you're a little like this guy's fucking crazy yeah but like he just likes having fun i think that's just like kind of part of who he is as a guy that's that's very true i i've always like i i kind of think of him as a um positive energy andy kaufman who kind of had like the a similar Whoa. thing going on yeah. in the 70s where he's like hello i'm almost like a cult leader and yeah and dude really sweet, i thought that actually he when he first started talking Oh really? What? Like that? He, that it's Kaufman in this? Like, yeah, in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Or Kaufman, I, don't know. I guess it, it just struck me. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's an element to him where when when I hear it, in Andy Kaufman's voice, like whenever he would talk about like the wrestling shit, like um, 
there's this like innocence to his voice, but it's there's an element of of uh, sinister. Like, is this what the fuck is this guy telling me the truth? Is he serious? Like, is he straightforward or not? And ultimately, He's- that that produ- that paints i'm talking about kaufman ultimately that paints his like you know his legacy to the point where he died mm-hmm. and people were like okay is this like a fucking is this like a bit whereas i feel like uh gene wilder is almost like mr rogers and andy kaufman where i get a full like oh there there's like a, mm-hmm. an aloofness to the way that he speaks but it's one of those kinds of like oh this is like a hollywood guy that's got it you know what i mean it's yeah, that like shit stirrer thing but yeah with him it's more positive like i don't necessarily feel like oh there's someone who pays for this right he he has that like the glee you can like feel the the smirk in like i'm gonna say something that's gonna cause chaos but like but yeah i i I think you're totally on the money saying mean dickish things the the entire time and it's just sweet as pie very good it's because it, immediately he's like very funny. He's very charming with the kids right away when they first walk in. Right. He's just got that energy of like, and, but you do, you feel it. You're like, you're like, he's full of shit. Right. I mean, and I guess it's hard now knowing what this movie is and knowing that each of these children die one by one uh, <laughs> you, at, at his hand. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of like that's cooked into it that when he's like, Oh, it's such a pleasure. You're so sweet. You're like, uh, that's Yeah. This movie single-handedly is why I, I misunderstood the phrase every other day for a very long time. Because, like, my my assumption when you hear, like, oh, no, it runs on every other day, is that every single day that's not today, it's going to be operational. So that was my understanding uh, of every other day for, like, probably until I was, like, 16, 17 years old. Just like, hey, every day but that's today, pretty, it's, that's uh, every, every other day. day. Mm-hmm. Wow, so you must have had, there was a lot of days you felt like extremely lucky or unlucky, huh? Really? Every other day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every other day? Wait, except for right now? Wait, just for some reason today? Trash, trash comes every other day, every other week? What is, the, Damn, what, what's wrong okay. with this week? Is it like Labor Day? What's going on? Um, so d- did you ever see the, <gasps> so you didn't see the 2005 one? No. No. You just I the trailer like over and over many times. What'd you say? Just the trailer over and over again. Are you sure it's not one of those ones where you feel like you've never seen it, but you have like a bunch of times? Because no, I, I still think I haven't seen Shrek too. I'm still convinced I still haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. It's definitely, if I've seen it, it is possible that I've seen it one time, like because of Will. Because uh, if right. I think about like, maybe he, it was like a DVD he got at some point, but I, I, I don't think so, man. Sure. Uh, it's not great. And it's very blue. And it's very dark. Um, I don't like the music as much. There's a couple. There's a couple bangers in the in the soundtrack mm. for the 2005. Um, but I, but I just weirdly listened enough, to the I, Danny Elfman interview on Mark Marin. It's very good. Is it? Is that a new? So one? when you're done with this, when you're done with this podcast, I think it's like last month or something. Okay. Uh, head on over to this this struggling small podcast. Uh, WTF? Hey, what's by... up? What's up? What fuck? What the fuckers? What the fuckies? What the fuckets? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Yeah, Danny. I got Danny yeah. Elfman. So you saw me at a party this, this ten, guy. Ten, ten years ago, and you you looked at me for four point five seconds, which we know I don't like. So are we cool? I can't do Marin. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> he's like, but but that, I don't even know if that's that's what the show is like anymore. I literally haven't listened to the show in I think eight years. I'm not kidding. Like I think it's been I think it's been eight years. But eight years he, ago, he's a really he was bringing, good interviewer. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, like, I guess that's what he what he's ironed out. But like eight years ago, he was just bringing on every comedian he's ever wronged and like apologizing to them, <laughs> right? Just because I, I guess he was. I didn't he, watch you know, those ones. He's a stand up and against all odds, 
uh, you know, fucking forged a career. I'm glad he's, fa- he was never my favorite stand up, but he's, he's a great presenter. Um, watch yeah. Marin, listen to Marin, I guess. They're always good. I, whenever it's someone who it's I like. The liberal, like the liberal the- Joe Rogan. <laughs> Is that, what does that mean? <laughs> I just, <laughs> just like the more the more PC like acceptable Joe Rogan. Like he still brings on like, um, but he he's like a very general audience. Look, we're just doing bits here. Whatever we can, let's move off. Of, we can get out of Mark. Uh, I just wanted to say Danny Elfman, Mark. who I'm pretty sure did the he did the music for that new Wonka as well. Yeah, along with a fucking seventeen other Tim Burton movies. Right. Yes. Um. um there, there was a point to that, and I completely forgot what it was. I suppose it doesn't matter now. It's blue. You hate it. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's wasn't the, we'll wasn't the thing about that movie that it was kind of like, sort of pitched as like more faithful, right? Wasn't that the vibe? I guess. But that's one of these ones where uh, there, there is another example I, I have of that. Ugh. Not off the top of my head. I'll find it and I will cite it. But... A popular Is it Doctor Doolittle? At, pff, maybe. <laughs> it might be. I, I, I kind of remember be. that about that too. I don't know if that's true because I didn't read that either. Yeah, but I I kind of remember when that was coming out. They were like, "Oh, it's more like the books, though, where he's kind of like on adventures and stuff." Right. And, yeah, and that's it. I'm trying to think of that that concept where it's like there's a popular book and it's adapted and it's not adapted super well and then it's done again, but that new movie is just so impossibly influenced by the first movie that you can't possibly say that it's like a like like a completely different thing like there's no oh, music star wars the force awakens yes exactly the same thing because <laughs> the music is not in the books right they're not like the oopaloopas don't sing a little song every time the kids get taken away but that happens in the remake movie as well it's like so why because there is you know it's just such a significant element to it right to just right. the ip in general all, now right they couldn't remake it even if the pitch was like we're gonna do it more to the right like how the book was they're not doing that this is warner brothers right they're they're not remaking willy wonka and like not putting in the iconic things that we know and i think that that's i think that's entirely the the right play i mean like now we're 50 years on we've been having a lot of discussion about adaptation obviously um but there's there's a quote from doll's wife about this where it's just like i don't know why movies think that kids will like a book becomes a huge hit. Kids love the shit in the book, mm-hmm. and then why people think that you need to change it for the movie? Like, why do kids accept it for the book and and rejected it for the movie? And it's like, mm. I guess when you're just thinking about it surface level, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But you know, knowing yeah. what a movie is, it's like, of course you can't just like adapt one to one what it is. And and maybe there's something I, to be said for the executive call of like maybe the person choosing what goes in the movie and what stays out was not correct. But there has to be just like a tearing up and 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 reappropriating just because it's a yeah. fucking entirely different medium. It's just like any. I mean, sometimes you get in those weird, you know, back to basic structural notes. I've had it happen plenty where like you're. It's it's almost insulting to like like flirt with the notion that you need to like make something simpler or less complicated or like you know what it really needs is a villain because there's nothing driving that right like and then you're like that's that's not what i'm doing though it has no villain that's yeah. the point <laughs> and then you and then you put in fucking slugman what's his slugworth. name slugworth Slug- <laughs> why'd you make Slug- him jewish <laughs> nah, i don't know what's his name uh slugworth he's Eng- uh, slugworth. firmly an I wanted englishman to i wanted to call him slughorn Yes. I got, man, what is wrong with me? That's no, okay. I'm having a Potter day. 
every day is every day for no reason like truly that's for no reason that's just um i do like the then you put him like i think he was a good addition i think that that storyline is really uh how how would i say it it's it's very i don't know i guess it's economic economic man like you just have this this driving force in the background. It's like, oh, okay. So maybe once they leave, like, what's what's gonna happen? Like, what's this guy? Like, what's he all about? And it's so simple, yeah. but I think it's extreme. I think it works fine. And you know, he's got like a big scar. And I think on even his face, beyond like ugly. I, for me, it, it sits more in a character place where I think that it is a very good and and succinct like story character dilemma thing. Right. Where we're seeing that like Charlie was the only one who wasn't gonna do it. It does kind of fall apart when he also like doesn't listen. I, I was kind of confused. I fr- I remembered that that scene was coming when they entered the bubble room, but I was like, oh, that's right. He just fully, he fucking doesn't. He breaks the rules too. He almost kills himself in right. the same way as all those other kids. But he doesn't. I guess that's the point. Is like he's still a kid and he doesn't listen. But instead of like getting revenge because he got yelled at and trying to sell this thing to the guy, he said, oh, I'm sorry. I yeah. understand I did something wrong. I guess, I guess that's nice. So see that to my point. So Slugworm <laughs> is good. Well, I do like that I, I do like that we don't explore the character of Willy Wonka. We just like there's implication that he's a misanthrope, right? There's implication that he's most like he's kind a of lost faith in humanity. Yes. <laughs> the the it's very much implied. Um But yeah, yeah we we it it's you know implied that he doesn't so when he has that quote of uh which i also think is is a shakespeare quote it's it's like you know a uh, like a dreary light in a in a or a bright light in a dreary world or something mm. where he's just like ah oh, okay this is what i was looking yeah. for and then like so obviously the big change a hot dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> on a summer grill so Weird. burns a hot dog fucking <laughs> 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 the merchant of venice <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean yeah ed comes from shakespeare but so do hot dogs so does the word hot dog ed uh ed like adding ed to things oh i thought you were saying like erectile yeah. dysfunction <laughs> yeah. comes from shakespeare he, he keeps shaking Whoa. the spear but nothing's happening damn thank you come on that was that was pretty i was expecting a, a belly laugh for that one i was like wait i got it apply uh no you, you get the one you don't expect it no, it's, it's okay. when you just say something yeah something real dumb <laughs> it's always laughing at me it's very very rarely is there a win no 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 um no 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 timmy timmy oh Timmy. man i was watching so there was there was a, a there's a thing at the end of the dvd which is like a 30 minute documentary um that i that i just watch this on dvd no but i pulled the documentary um no. And the kid that they have a play Augustus Gloop. Well, first of all, let me talk about Slugworth and let me talk about the German people. Okay. And the, there's like this, you know, the common joke is that Germans don't have a sense of humor. This is old. This is like an old stereotype. But like in, I think in the 60s and 70s, we're firmly in like weird German dude territory. Cause like right. Slug, well, first of all, the actor Slugworth comes out, he goes, Oh, that's not Slugworth. That's Williamson or whatever, my, my actor. And the German guy's given this like, like this thumbs up yeah. that is like yeah. the strangest like uh yeah. like he just, just found out the, about face, the gesture yeah. like a minute ago um and, and i'm watching the and i'm watching the background of like uh, it's all the actors it's like 20 years later and they're talking about you know how they were cast for the role 
And the, the woman who plays Veruca is like, you know, as an actress, I, I was on soaps. You know, they, they, they found a child actor and they, they um, you know, they picked me. And it was like the same thing with, with, uh, oh, fuck, with Violet. And she's just like, yes, I, mm-hmm. I you know, I'd been on television. I, I've been a working child actor. And then it gets to Augustus and he's like, yeah, they were shooting in Munich. And my mama thought <laughs> that her boy was pretty nice. So I came and I said, I want to roll. And they gave me the role. And it's like this fucking guy. <laughs> He's like, he's talking about what he did, and he's like, I, he's like, I did not pursue acting after I begin. To, I became an accountant, and I'm now in a public attorney at a car. Like this guy fucking rules, and the, he looks still like Augustus Gloop. He was like asked, like, what was the Chocolate River like, and he was like, it was dirty, stinking water. <laughs> that's like real, man. That's it's on Wikipedia.com. Fuck yeah, so you know it's real. That guy rules. <laughs> Whoever yeah. played Augustus, yeah. Um, famously, like a lot of these kids' careers petered out. But like to be, bro- be honest, like everyone that's not Gene Wilder that was involved in this movie kind of didn't make it out of the other end of this. Like even the even the the um, the the composers, like they won an Academy Award for this, but I don't think they yeah, ever had another banger like until uh, until Victor Victoria, which is you know, like ten years later. Julie Andrews, great movie, great soundtrack, but then like never again. Um, never seen it. And these are these are guys that wrote they wrote uh I mean uh, ironically enough the Doctor Doolittle theme song like the original one by Sammy Davis well, Jr. Um, Talk the animals they wrote oh yeah, feeling you, good did you see that fact that What's that? Uh, that Sammy Davis Jr. like wanted to be uh, the Candyman but they they thought he was they were like you're too famous it's just gonna be like I think that's a the weird right, I think that's the right call famous thing but then he made the Candyman song extremely famous he right. sung it. Like as just like a cover that yeah well like, people yes. love the original that that version by him like the the record was put out by him but I I do think that like you just have to consider how famous Sammy Davis Jr. was at like nineteen seventy one yeah. it would just be I, I just weird. thought it was interesting I don't think it was wrong I just yeah. found that like that's, I, th- that's, it is that's interesting funny. and like when I first heard about that I remember going like oh yeah why didn't they do that it's like oh yeah because it would be like fucking um, I don't know. It'd be like if Bruno Mars was just like in the opening of some movie, like doing a bit and then wasn't in the rest yeah. of the movie. And that like, you know, and you know, the right. studio would have advertised like featuring Sammy Davis Jr. Or even starring Sammy Davis Jr. You know what I mean? To get butts and right, seats. Right, Talking right. about the fucking seventies. Um, so this director as well, Mel Stewart. Right. I, I clicked him thinking like, well, surely there's going to be like something that I really recognize. I'm like, oh, wow, I had no idea that was the same guy did, yeah. did Willy Wonka. Nope. And I didn't have that experience. Very, very little. And I, and It's I do, fascinating. Well, that's why I, I talk about television and how important it is to this movie and how like exposure is so important. Because um, I, I think Alice in Wonderland would have probably ended up somewhat of a classic in its own, own right just because of, you know, its legacy. Like it's a fucking Disney animated film from... Mm-hmm. from the era of Disney animated movies. But it, the reason why it's so popular is because of the, the uh, 60s and 70s television television runs. Um, but whereas this, mm-hmm. it, this is like a fucking total oddball of a movie made by a guy that didn't really make a ton of movies before. I, I mean, he made movies before, but like nothing of this... Um, what, nothing that's the word stuck I'm out even for? just entitled to me. And that's, that's maybe just because I'm not, you know, I don't have that encyclopedic, like... Yeah. directors from the 60s and 70s knowledge but like no but he's still like some of the, the shit wasn't huge like like i said like the, the the composers were probably the biggest names attached to right. it on the production side of it um and i guess whoever that set director was i think was a notable name hmm. 
really cool. It's I, it's fascinating, man. Can you call this movie indie filmmaking? <laughs> I, I they, no, I'm serious. No, no, because no, I mean, I think by definition, just because it was it's a studio movie, right? Just because the studio mishandled it doesn't mean. Yeah, I mean, just because they didn't want to give it as much money as other stuff doesn't mean it's like, you know, that's just what they would used to do. They, they, they it should still kind of go that way. It just doesn't because now the stakes are too high. Yeah, there's nothing stopping Warner Brothers from continuing to make small, like here, let's do this weird one. Like, well, they're doing a prequel to this, starring Timothy, of course, they Tim- are. Timothy Chalamet as the young Willy Wonka. You know that's good because I was wondering how he got his aloof nature. <laughs> yeah, how did all how did all this go down? Um, yeah, I mean, there's an element to that that can be very funny. And I mean, we we talk about the new style, oh, no, dude, new listen. style of movie, which is you're given your assignment. Let's work backwards through the checklist to make something that's yeah. worth watching. You could do it of like like a no, corporate, I'm not like a corporate. It. I love the idea of like corporate shark Willy Wonka. Like before when they, this, they took him down. <laughs> when this Willy Wonka trailer hits, and it like goes like it's got the big booms that go like yeah. i want to be paradise the, <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> no it's gonna go well we already did that we already did that one unfortunately for well you know something i'm now remembering i read a quote that was this was a long time ago like when they first announced this and I do think that they said in structure it would be influenced by Ready Player One, which, first of all, what does that mean at all? Uh, <laughs> but second of all, does it mean they're going to just be used, like different wasn't characters? So- wasn't that song in the tra- that was the trailer song for Ready Player One? Oh my God, are you you're you're right? Yeah, that's why when you're doing the da da da, I'm like, yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks that that's in my head. Yeah thought i was being really fun cool. i mean it is it was kind of a cool uh cool reprise there's elements that to ready player one that i unfortunately do enjoy uh, it's it's yeah. <laughs> it's getting it's getting close to like like a, an, an the antithesis of everything that i i like about media but at, at the same time there's there's the gundam in it so i don't know what you guys want me to do about that it's true man and it's cool he moves right. around really cool too it's pretty cool to watch him do it <laughs> and they gave and it's got a movie now because it was so cool. They did a fucking, they're doing a fucking movie. Gundam? Absolutely. <laughs> That's like the little alien creatures that they add to Gundam. Gundam? Gundam? Gabajubi. Gundam? <laughs> Gabajubi. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the uh, Jawas. Teeny! Well, they say. Um, I liked it, man. It, it, I, I had a better time. As a, as like one of those like, you know, oh it's a it's a classic. You gotta watch it. It's actually good. It really was one of those ones because there's plenty. And yeah. I'll always admit when it's like, you know, this this pace wise has not aged great. You know, as far as like, if you are anything south of forty years old or fifty years old, there's just been a different right. uh, rhythm to movies from then to now. Like. <laughs> And even then, like, but it, this one kind of felt that way. I, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is, I didn't really feel that way watching this. I was like, I'm here. Yeah, it I cooks, like this. man. It cooks. <laughs> it's an hour and thirty minutes, and if it doesn't, I mean, it feels it. Yeah. There's aspects to it where it's like you know, if I, the structure of it is kind of if, funny. Yeah. But it, it cooks. It feels it when it's chilling. It feels it when it's hanging out. When yeah. it's when it's just sort of like 
and now we're going to do this for a little longer. Like there's, there was a, a very interesting amount of Charlie getting, leaving and coming back home, like <laughs> taking yeah. like a lot of time with footage of him, like walking down the street or like running around corners when I'm like, man, I'm surprised at this, the studio and like the editors, I'm surprised they weren't like, we got to get to this fucking factory. Right. right? It's in the title. We got to get there now. But that's like, is that maybe why the world is just so vibrant in this movie? And it's just like, so fair because they really do explore. Here's the town, um, which I is guess. like an, an mean, almost idyllic town, but not quite. I wouldn't change the actual pacing of any of the character stuff or like the laying out of the, you know, the quote unquote, the world, you know, the rules of the contest and each yeah ticket having you know being found like i'm kind of watching it. i'm like and there, there's a, there's a worse movie where you know that there's five of these tickets and you're like well he's gonna be the last one so i gotta sit through f- four of these kids finding tickets and then even then it's it's even worse because you sit through a fifth one that is fake yeah but like in this movie i didn't hate it i was like it was really i guess because i also know he's gonna get it so i'm like really waiting sure for that payoff i got emotional when he get when he finds it <laughs> yeah i mean it's it is like weirdly effective to know what they're we know exactly what's going to do it I, I can't help but feel like the secret is in exactly what you just said where like we spent a weirdly large amount of time of him coming and going from his you know his shitty house just to establish like yeah. his, his level of poverty and it's like how much of that is accidental i wonder in the composition of the movie versus i think it, they just didn't have the the gun to the back of their head in the way that a lot of things do now story wise and pace wise like and that's for better or worse i'm not gonna like cast the uh it was better in the old movies and like slow slow means good i don't believe that but yeah good slow is good and and i think if there's if there's anything to lament it's that i think occasionally good slow gets lumped in with bad slow as a thing that we're that we no longer have patience for but Anyway, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate yeah, Factory, I mean, baby. I'm sorry, Willy that's very Wonka true. and the Chocolate Factory. Very, uh, very, very important distinction to make. Um, and I do think I think that there was something about the Willy Wonka bar was coming to market. And they were just looking for like yes, name, I for saw their that. name recognition. Like that's that's it. Like Quaker Quaker Oats was going to put out, yeah. and then it got bought by Nestle, and then they saw that is a weird thing that in our lifetime, like there's kind of always been actual Wonka candy. Yeah. Yeah. And like gobstoppers and stuff. Like that's been a thing that's just, I've known that. So it's funny how, I mean, and again, it's just back to the, your child brain just truly absorbs anything around you with zero question. Cause why would you question it? Right. But you notice like the things they do slowly separate from their, their branding as the thing becomes less relevant. Like I think that a very interesting example is Fruity Pebbles, the way that, the Flintstones brand has maintained on that box. But I had a realization the other day where I was like, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. People know the Flintstones as the fruity pebbles guys. Like that's like it at a certain point, it shifted entirely to what the concept is. So like I was saying, like with the Wonka stuff, if you notice, he's not on the boxes anymore. Like the little cartoon Willy Wonka that, that Mm. that's been kicking around. Like he's not, um, I don't even know if it is it labeled Wonka gobstoppers anymore. I, I, I don't even know. Uh, but what I, I think the, so. The whole point of that was that the the bar didn't even make it to fucking market. Like it was the like it was another oh. five years before Wonka branded stuff even I think even hit the hit the market. So it's it's it wasn't even like there was a, a co-signed brand deal there. It was just two separate things mm-hmm. that happened. Um, shockers were good. Bring back shockers. 
Which ones were those? Those were like, uh, well, that you ate them and they shocked you. They're like a little. Uh, they looked like spree, but they were covered in this like uh, very sour, just like I guess just mm. like a very sour liquid cover coating, and you would suck on it long enough, and it would just become sweet, kind of like a warhead. Making my mouth water. Yeah. What is that? What is that Something about? What 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 pain? What pain does sour candy put our fucking minds through that you can just truly think about one and your mouth gets like all weird, dude? I, I it's the same like. That's a defense reaction. That's your mouth going, I need to. <laughs> well, yeah, people the people that like sour things are the same kind of people that are into, like, pain sexually. Where they're just like, there is an element to it where it's like, people that really like spicy, people that really like sour, and people that really like bitter. I'm like, all right, <laughs> that's fine. So I... That does, I just, it always cracks me up, the, the people who, when they take true pride in, like... Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I had this. I had this hot sauce. Like I couldn't fucking speak for three dude, days. It's like the, what? the ghost. Why would the it's food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. I guess the same thing. Like, dude, she worked me over. I was bruised for for weeks. It's like, why is that? Was that pleasurable? Sour <laughs> candy is on. really the BDSM <laughs> of the candy community. Yeah. Oh, great. There's our poll quote. Sure. Bubble tape is the. Uh, I don't know. Something, something about time people have bubble, bubble tape. There's something. Listen, we're, we're at the hour, so it doesn't really matter. You guys are out of content. Yeah, please, please get me out of this one. Um, Willy Wonka. What do you want to well, do? Do you want to put it in? Do you want to put it in the phone? Yeah, we can do that one. Of the movie. We can do that one. All right. It's gonna be interesting. This is this story is of a girl. Predictive text movie <laughs> reviews, which is of course where you put the name, you type the name of the film into your phone or your device that has a uh, uh, guessy guessy what you're gonna say e i don't know what's it called again predictive text predictive i said text. it a minute ago holy shit uh, it's guessy what you type e let's do that mine's not so good can i go first pudding yeah all right, so my phone said, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is the same as the one that you made up for me. <laughs> I guess that's like in a okay. world where like you, you lied to me about what Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was. You told me a whole story yeah. and I saw the movie and I was like, oh, it is kind of it's the same thing. <laughs> it's just like lying. Yeah, but you, you, but you, were, but you weren't listening plot. to the fake. You weren't listening to the fake story I was telling. So you're just kind of like, yeah, that's pretty much what you said. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. What do I, oh, I have Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and a half sandwich and soup, please. Please don't forget. It's <laughs> <laughs> a quick launch order. Please don't forget. <laughs> uh, you lose. It really when you, when it when you said Chocolate Factory into your phone, it was like. It was like, oh, there's that's not enough for him. He's gonna want he's <laughs> he's gonna want more than that. He's gonna want slightly more. He's, he's gonna, gonna have he's gonna a half sandwich. sandwich. Look, Willy Wonka, and if you swing by Panera uh, <laughs> in, in your in your giant elevator, if this elevator happens to land uh, at a purebred deli, I'm gonna name my daughter Panera. <laughs> that's Yo, a pretty good name. Panera Fera. Panera Fera. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to look for a joke. It's just not there. We're at an hour and ten minutes. 
Done. Right. Thanks for being here. Hey, if you like what you're here, please go to www.patreon.com slash reasonablebeef. Give what you can. Any amount of money gets you access to a bonus beef, which is our uh, now monthly bonus episodes. We've got a little bit of an archive chilling in the back there. If you want to go check it out. Um, I think a new one just went up. We talked about Loki. And uh, what else did we talk about? Do you remember what was in the bonus? Nope. Not at all. So, I mean, it's a surprise to you. It'll be, it'll be <laughs> shocking to me as well. Yeah, I uh, might have to it, join it, this Patreon. It, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? The bon- what is a bonus? What is that? Um, cool. Tom, do you have anything else before we have to go? No. Good. Nope. So long. If you want Bye. to view parables, please just look down and view them. It's like when you said balls, it's interesting because what I was doing before, if you want to catch Pokemon, simply look around and catch them. <laughs> I, I was doing, um, if you want to find Dragon Balls, <laughs> <laughs> you must use the Dragon Radar. <laughs> All right. And then someday you will meet Shenron. <laughs> There's nothing to it. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I had. I'm sure someone at home came up with a great rhyme in that split second. But uh, unfortunately, we all die soon. Dom. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.